The Chargers will have several needs in the 2023 NFL Draft, but they could see Georgia edge rusher Nolan Smith as their heir to the pass-rushing throne. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. We've been covering the Chargers together for seven seasons now, but this is our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. And David, it's a little bit of a mock draft Monday today. We're going to be getting into more of the first round prospects who have been linked to the Chargers, focusing on the defensive side and focusing first on a pretty exciting prospect out of Georgia, Nolan Smith, a guy who didn't put up eye-popping numbers, but there's some eye-popping things on the tape for sure if the Chargers want to find more depth in that edge rushing room and someone that can kind of be the future at that position for them. And maybe they decide to go a different direction, go with more of a tweener that we'll talk about with USC's edge rusher, Tuli Tui Pulotu. That's someone that obviously is in their backyard, but maybe makes sense that they would be heavily interested in that. Maybe not in the first round, though. And a linebacker also has been linked to the Chargers. Trenton Simpson from Clemson, who we'll talk about today. The, the uncertainty with Drew Tranquil obviously means the Chargers could address that position. Will they go with that in the first round like Anthony Lynn did with Kenneth Murray? Not something I see happening, but today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? If so, then this game is definitely for you. To download the app, just go to ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, in the game. David, let's start off another prospect here. Last week, we got into a couple of receivers. You know, we are a couple of tight ends and a receiver. And we'll continue that. Maybe next week we'll go, you know, Bijan Robinson, Zay Flowers, some of those other exciting options potentially at 21. But this week we're looking at defense, and it is a deep edge rushing class according to the experts. And there's one that should be available to the Chargers at 21. Somebody I think where the range of where he could go could be a little bit different, but it makes sense why the Chargers would be trying to attack this for a few reasons. You need help right now and in the future at edge rusher, right? Last year it wasn't good enough, 30th in the league in pass rush win rate from your edge rushers and just your pass rush in general and also the uncertainty with the, the health of Bosa the health of Cleo Mack those guys you know staying healthy for a whole nother season I understand why this connection is being made definitely it makes a lot of sense especially if you watched the Chargers last year when Khalil Mack was the main attraction as the pass rusher uh, you didn't have Joey Bosa out there because he got hurt early in the year and missed the majority of the season and unfortunately we've seen that we've seen that a couple of times to where one of the premier pass rushers whether that be Joey whether whether that be Khalil Mack either be out, be there by themselves and not have their running mate with them and so that makes it very important for the Chargers to have a contingency plan and they need to bring somebody in to groom to be that next pass rusher of the future for the bolts and i understand you know why some people would be like you have two great pass rushers why are you drafting an edge rusher in the first round with all the needs the chargers have i mean that's if you've been listing one of the things we think they need most just because right now you're a you know khalil mack or joey bosa away from going back to what we saw last year which wasn't good enough by any means right and that was even with kyle vanoy kind of catching fire late in the season 
he's not back with the Chargers right now. His uncertainty or his future with the team is obviously uncertain at this point. Probably won't be able to bring him back. You need somebody now and you need somebody who can stick around for a while and learn and get better and grow to potentially be that guy on the outside for you. And he has some traits that you would think could do it. First of all, the size was something that put me off almost immediately, 235 pounds, even at 6'4", 6'5". That's yeah. something that scares you as an edge defender. But there was a lot of things, David, that I was still surprised he was able to do. I mean, as a run blocker, he continued to impress me because that's the first thing you think about, right? And I think the biggest thing there was being yeah, able defender. to use yeah, yeah, being able to use his length to lock out offensive linemen and keep guys off of him, and also being able to use his athleticism to get around guys or even dip inside of them and be able to continuously kind of be in the backfield and causing terror. Yeah, for that size, for being 235, 240, uh, he has some tenacious strength and he has a great attitude too when he when he is defending the run. I love what he does to pullers when they're coming across he stuns them like which is crazy because you got you know 300 320 pound guards coming at you full steam and they're getting knocked off their spot by a guy who's 240 pounds he plays with excellent leverage which really allows him to kind of use that weight appropriately also he's a very smart player he does not get fooled by the rpo he stays home has a good base He's a good, strong wrap-up tackler. There's a lot of things to like when you put on the tape and watch Nolan Smith. Yeah, there was. I mean, I I really liked his game a lot. I mean, I think there are some concerns that we'll get into, but I think you could get more speed on the edge if you're the Chargers, right? That's not really Bosa's thing. It's not really Julio Mack's thing. So, I mean, having some extra juice, and I think this is a dude who, even if those guys stay healthy, is going to get a fair amount of snaps and, I mean, gives you more flexibility to be able to move those other guys inside if you want to which we've seen them get wins there too, while also being really, really good at keeping contained. I mean, even when he was getting moved, he almost always found a way to get the running back to cut inside and yep. go back to where his help was, right? And he was able to really kind of force and hold the, the point of attack when they did try to run at him. I mean, I think as far as zone runs at him, I think he's going to be able to really hold his own there, especially if he's getting guys on the move. Deceptive and if strength. you try to go power at him, I mean, there were times, obviously, at that size, you're going to get moved out of the way a little bit. But for the most part, it wasn't a big issue when I was watching, which is crazy, especially with his tackle radius, the ability on read options to take the quarterback and, you know, still be able to make a play on the quarterback if he keeps it or the running back if the running back ends up taking it and chasing run plays down from behind. The biggest thing, though, David, and I think one of the biggest knocks is just the lack of production. I mean, four seasons at Georgia, he only has 12 and a half career sacks, and you're talking about an edge rusher. I mean, you want your edge rusher to be able to get after the quarterback and be able to get sacks, but... That's not something we saw, I mean, super consistently at Georgia, you know, obviously competing with a ton of other really talented guys. Yeah, stacked defensive roster right. there, Daniel. I mean, that's an NFL factory, just one of those teams like Alabama that's pumping out NFL players year after year after year. So the chances of you sitting behind someone that's going to go to the NFL that you know next season at Georgia is really, really strong. So yeah, that's one of the detractors for sure is you don't see those gaudy sack numbers that you expect to see from somebody who's getting some first round buzz uh, generated about them. The other thing that is uh, unfortunately concerning is the injury situation. He tore his pectoral muscle um, and, you know, he was out for the remainder of the of the season, you know, the 2022 college season. So obviously, you know, when you have somebody with an injury in the Chargers injury situation, the way it's been, yeah. that is a, a red flag, something you have to p- account for and pay attention to. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the only other thing, just play-wise, I mean, he's not going to be a guy that consistently wins with power. That's just right. not what his game is, you know, and just kind of rock offensive linemen out of their stance and be able to just kind of stun them in a pass-rushing situation where he's going to drive dudes into the quarterback. But yeah. the biggest red flag is obviously the injury. If you're the Chargers, yeah. can you take a guy, you know, who pretty much played in every other game besides that, you know, didn't yeah. didn't have a ton of injury concerns at Georgia, but, like, you have a guy who's going to be recovering from a torn pec. It's kind of, you know, we don't really know at this point what the recovery is going to be for it. I'm not sure. You know, I don't think it's something that would keep him from starting the season for the Chargers. But will he miss some of the offseason program? Will he be affected by that as far as being able to come in and contribute early on? Luckily, you do have Joey Bosa and Quill Mac. This guy is going to be someone, hey, maybe he does add a little bit of weight. Maybe this is something where you, he can groom into uh, you know, a even better version than the version that we've seen at Georgia. And I think that's kind of the nice thing about him is being able to kind of see the upside there as well. Cause I think as far no as, you know, his pass rush moves and things like that, and his hands can definitely use a little bit of work. He's getting by mostly with his athleticism at this point and being able to dip under people, but yeah. obviously he has like crazy long strides as well. And as far as his legs and can go from like, you know, outside of the tackle to the a gap in like half a second. So, there's a lot to like here. I understand that the Chargers went this direction at 21. 21 might be a little rich. I think a lot of mock drafts have maybe going a little bit later than that. <clears throat> but I understand it. You know, I get why they would want to do it. I get the upside here. And even with a position that you have those two guys, I would understand if the Chargers want to address edge, right? But there should be some good options even in the second round. And the next time we're talking about, depending on who you ask, could be a second round or a first round pick. He's an exciting prospect and he comes with a fair bit of recklessness, but it led him to get 13 and a half sacks in the 2022 season. So it definitely didn't slow him down. A guy from USC, Tuli, Tui Pulotu from USC, we're going to get into and the, why the Chargers would make sense for him or want to take him. And if he maybe could garnish the 21st overall pick. But first, I do need to tell you guys about that. This episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this mobile game and I can't tell you guys how much fun I've had competing against the fellow locked on NFL hosts. Congratulations to Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers for bringing it home in 2022. But there's more games to be played, and I definitely plan on revenge in 2023. But now it's your guys' turn to compete. More on that later. But if you've ever become, dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise, well, your dream can come true with this game because you'll manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through seasons, and lead your team to glory while trying to build a dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, and navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, and all the ups and downs of a season. It's also a great thing to play with your friends, and you guys can play with Lockdown as well because we have created a Lockdown League where you guys can compete against all of the Lockdown hosts at the, and when you choose Lockdown in the League app when you join. So all you guys have to do is go to ultimate-gm.com and Lockdown Chargers listeners will get a 100% free boost to their franchise when they use the promo code LOCKDOWN, all caps in the game. That's pro promo code locked on in all caps. So make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. Let's get into another prospect here, David, that could make some sense for the Chargers. And at least in one mock draft, went to the Chargers. I think it was Mel Kuyper who had him to the Chargers. This is a pretty polarizing prospect, and it's a guy from USC. Someone the Chargers are probably very familiar with, right? And Thule. Tui Pulotu, an edge rusher, kind of a tweener. Half the places you look, he's listed as a defensive tackle. Half the places you look, he's listed as an edge. And I think some of the same reasons apply as to why the Chargers need to draft a guy like this, which is, you know, uncertainty reg regarding the depth at edge rusher. 
In this case, you'd be getting a bigger guy for the edge, right? Maybe that's something you want to find because the opposite of him as far as backups go is Chris Rump, who's obviously a slider frame guy. I do see some of the reasons why, you know, the Chargers, depending on where they are in the draft, could be interested in someone like this. Yeah, I think it's important that, that you say that depending on where they are and, and what round that they are looking at at Thule here. Um, he does bring some good things to the table, Daniel. I mean, he, he plays with a really good motor, plays with good effort. I feel like he does have a quality bull rush when he when he uses his leverage appropriately. Um, he also has some experience playing in coverage, too, which which is, I mean, playing in the flats, you know, and, and you know, really easy, simple routes to cover. But that's part of the, the tool bag, especially. Uh, you know, concerning the Chargers defense, we've seen the edge rushers go out and, and cover some of those easy routes in the flats as well. So having that in his bag, uh, being having some experience doing that, that's a that's a positive thing for the Chargers and their defense. Yeah. And as a, you know, just as far as his size, you know, six four, two hundred eighty 280 to 290 pounds, depending on where you look. Shorter arms, I think, for an edge rusher, at least as far as the prototypical arm length there. And, you know, we've seen guys overcome that before. So it's not a Brashawn Slater being one of them. It's not necessarily a death blow for any prospect no. to not have the longest arms. And there are people who think he can be versatile. When me and you were talking about it before, we saw him more, you know, standing up and blitzing as a linebacker more yeah. than we actually saw him just lining up with his hand in the dirt over, you know, an offensive guard or a center, you know, which didn't you didn't see very much. Play strength is good, but I don't know if you can translate him there. He kind of has a Morgan Fox type of body a little bit as far as his build goes you know, kind of an undersized defensive tackle a little bit. But at the same time, we just didn't see very much of it. And I mean, he had 13 and a half sacks, though. And that's the crazy thing is like, if you're looking for production, this dude had the production. He's very active hands, right? He'd almost never totally get stuck. He always keeps yeah. going. He, if he doesn't win immediately, he keeps keeps it up. And I mean, I thought I had a pretty diverse set of rushing moves. He's going to give you a mix of different things. So I did like some of those things there, being able to kind of, have good strength at the point of attack on the edge, being able to make tackles, I thought something was something that he was able to do well. But obviously, so there's some things that he doesn't do as well, too, which is probably keeping him from being a you know bona fide first round pick. Yeah, talking about the versatility bit here, uh, as far as him playing more on the inside, I don't feel like he has the the play strength to be able to play on the inside. I don't think he matches up well with with guards and centers. Just and you know we didn't see it a lot, but the times we did see it, he didn't get much traction in those situations. So I don't feel like he can really play on the inside. Um, also, a lot of shoestring tackles, a lot of the, those missed tackles, uh, which that I don't like. That leaves that, his feet a lot. Yeah, he leaves his feet a lot. I don't. I don't like that technique when it, when it comes to to wrapping up. You got to wrap up. You got to get both hands on him. Get the the ball carrier to the ground. I didn't see that enough for me, and that's definitely something that is very, very concerning, especially considering the Chargers' run defense yeah. in the state that it's in. Well, sure. I mean, I think if you're talking about their run defense, you know, as far as him being a defensive tackle, it's probably not going to make you any better. As far as, you know, being able to be physical on the edge, I didn't see him get bullied on the edge by any means. He's big enough to hold up there yeah. as far as body type and things like that. Getting off blocks can be harder for him at times, you know, just because he does have shorter arms, which is why it's nice that he keeps working, you know, and keeps attempting to get hands off of him. I mean, he had 13 and a half sacks. Obviously, he was yeah. doing some things right. And I think there's one kind of thing about him that's a blessing and a curse because I think he has kind of a reckless play style. So, like, yeah. he he goes full speed all the time. You know, it does cause him at some time, at some point, though, to 
really overflow, especially on play action, things like that with the offense. He gets very committed to going in one direction and isn't super quick to be able to change direction to kind of make up for it, right? Very straight line type of player. If you need him to get from point A to point B, he's going to be kind of a Tasmanian devil and, and get there, you know, some one way or another. And, and that's you got to have that. Part, you got to have some reckless abandon when you're playing playing defense. I mean, well, that's why it's, it's the blessing and the curse. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's why it's a blessing and a curse because with him, like you get some like he's an, he was he's an exciting player because he's in the yeah. backfield a lot. He made splash plays in the backfield, yeah. lots of tackles for losses and things like that. Twenty-two. But it, yeah, it can be it can be a blessing and a curse because hey, he can be a Tas- Tasmanian devil and just cause chaos, but sometimes he kind of hurts himself with the chaos as well. Yeah, you you can't always go in there, uh, you know, balls to the wall and try to run people over. You have to have that controlled chaos. You got to be able to to unleash it when you need it, but you can't do that all the time. You got to see what's going on in front of you. And I do feel like the processing was a little bit of an issue for him sometimes. You know, he's good at scraping the line. I, I, I saw him do that a couple of times. He's able to do that. But sometimes when he's in traffic, um, you know, that controlled chaos kind of gets the best of him. So, or excuse me, his Tasmanian devil. The uncontrolled chaos. Sure. Yeah, the uncontrolled yeah. chaos to, gets the better of him. So he needs to, you know, kind of rein that in a little bit, be a little bit more technical in those situations. He has the athleticism to allow, you know, that to to be a better form of getting after the ball carrier. But, uh, I mean, that's just the way he plays. So hopefully when he gets to the next level and receives some NFL coaching, he can kind of get that under control a little bit. Well, and I think that's why you see so many, you know, shoestring tackles and why you see yeah. him leave his feet as much as he does. And when, you know, he dives and gets somebody, it works out well for him. And I mean, he knows how to kind of clean up a mess too. you know, can get in there and kind of finish tackles and, and play through the whistle and do all those things. But, you know, getting yourself out of position can lead to some big plays as well. And I think there was a fair amount of that's hard because the yeah. ESC defense was terrible. So <laughs> yeah, there's I mean, a lot of ball moving, but. He has, you know, everyone has value at a certain point. Would I touch yeah. it with a first pick? Probably not at 21. You know what I mean? Late second round pick, you're talking more of my language. You know, something yeah. it would be easier to get behind there because there are I'm some a things. a lot more receptive really in the second round, yes. Sure, and then there are some edge rushers the Chargers could have a chance at with their second round pick too if they decide not to go that direction in the first round. But maybe they could just totally throw a dart and decide to go a position that not a lot of us are mocking them in the first round that is linebacker which could make sense you know for a couple of different reasons the Chargers have tried to find impact linebackers we knew that Anthony Lynn was willing to take a linebacker on round one when they traded up to go get Kenneth Murray is Brandon Staley willing to take a linebacker like Trenton Simpson in the first round out of Clemson we'll talk about what he brings to the table coming up right after this all right, another prospect here is part of this mock draft Monday. And like we talked about before, thanks to Kevin Nibb, who ended up sending in, you know, Tui Tua Pelotu as someone that we should break down for today's show. And he was mocked to the Chargers as well. So was Trenton Simpson, the linebacker from Clemson. The latest linebacker from Clemson who kind of checks a lot of boxes athletically. I mean, if you're looking, you know, just as far as the athlete, the size, the speed, all of that stuff, he checks those boxes. But why would the Chargers pick him? in the first round why would they go with linebacker in the first round i think it's a couple of things right the biggest thing is the uncertainty around drew tranquil i think the thing that's kind of close behind that is probably you still don't really know what you have in kenneth murray maybe you saw some mild improvements but i think we all know that the linebacker room would be in disarray to say the least if they don't have drew tranquil back with you know amen abog and nick neiman being the primary backups right now to kenneth murray with troy reader 
being on a one-year contract and not really being in the picture. And also, you know, linebacker coverage hasn't really been a strength of the Chargers, right? So that is something they could be potentially trying to improve. But that's kind of where I would stand as far as why this pick wouldn't make sense because it's not one I would have picked. Yeah, definitely. I understand the, you know, the linebacker position here, considering the the Chargers financial situation here. And also the Chargers, you know, just about how they play their defense. They don't really value the linebacker position as much as they say value the corners or the safeties. Sure. That's a little bit more important in their defensive, you know, their defensive scheme here. But Drew Tranquil was a major key cog in that defensive machine and was a great blitzer, did a lot of things for that defense, was a leader, but the Chargers are up against the cap. And unfortunately, this might be a situation to where you can't bring back a very productive player because you just don't have the money and he might go get that money somewhere else. Yeah. You know, the NFL is a business. And so you have to prepare for the eventuality that he might not be here. So that means can, you know, seriously considering a linebacker very early on in the draft. It, it definitely makes it feel like you have to take one at some point, right? Yeah. How big in the hole they feel like they have or kind of how much draft capital they feel like they have to put in there to replace someone like Drew Tranquil or maybe not totally replace him, but to, find someone who can run that spot and bring in Staley's defense. It's hard to yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we haven't seen them spend a premier pick on one and you know, it, it's been basically so far. How do we find a way to use the premier pick that we already have? Yeah. And Kenneth Murray, but we've seen two linebackers have breakout years the last two years and neither one was him and both, you know, one left in free agency and now another one is potentially going to leave in free agency and we'll see what happens with your tranquil. But I think it's also kind of going with one of these hybrid players, these guys who are kind of in between the size of a safety and a linebacker that have the range to kind of get out on the perimeter and go make tackles because there are a ton of teams who run very horizontally based offenses, right? Or teams that will at least stretch you and, you know, sideline to sideline. And that is, I think, where people would get carried away with someone like Trenton Simpson because you can see the splashes there. Super athletic for a middle linebacker. Closes the distance quickly, which especially, you know, quarterbacks who can get out of the pocket. That's a nice thing to have someone who can chase those dudes down. He can do that. He can make splash plays in space. He can beat blockers to the spot. Right. And that's kind of what he has to do at his size. A lot of his game is really based on being able to read where this is going to go and get there before somebody else. Because he's not going to be running through a lot of people and 12 and a half career sacks. Right. Good timing shooting as a blitzer. Something he's been able to do when he can get off clean he gets in very quickly. So there's definitely a lot of splash plays, I think, that are hyping the suits kind of draft stock up because that's what you could get carried away with here. Yeah, definitely. You, you, the first thing you notice is, is the speed. He's got sideline to sideline ability. He can definitely run. There's no question about that. Felt like he had solid coverage skills. You know, he has some instincts out there. He, he can stay with players. If he is kept clean, like you said, he can make some tackles for sure. I mean, that's definitely the, the positive sides of Trenton Simpson. Yeah, and and, like, and he gets to there quickly, I think is the most important thing, right? Yeah. Like he he can close the space, he can make plays in the backfield, he he's can got shoot some off the end of the line. Sure. sure. I mean he's definitely a twitchy guy. You know, he would improve the athleticism on the Chargers defense, but he is also a tweener, and it is also where does he kind of fit? Because I don't think he fits alongside Kenneth Murray, right? I mean, I think both of those guys would struggle with some of the same things. I think that's kind of what they wanted in Kenneth Murray, right? just someone who could be the guy who can go make splash plays in the flat and be kind of play in the slot a little bit if they have to, which is something that Trent Simpson did, right? Chasing down wide receiver screens and things yep. like that is something he's very familiar with. But there's a lot of the downside too. And I 
big reasons why I don't think the Chargers will take him in the first round at 21. I'd be really, really surprised if they did it with this specific guy because he's still very undersized for a linebacker, right? Let's be honest. I mean, and I think the biggest thing, David, I'm both of us just getting overwhelmed by blocks, just getting totally stuck in blocks. When guys get hands on him, it, it seems like it completely kind of takes him out of the play at times. And that's, I mean, the biggest thing after seeing the Chargers kind of struggle with guys doing specifically that makes it really hard to think that they're going to try to get another guy with that same issue. When you can't get off blocks, that's one thing. And that's very, very concerning, especially when you are considering how bad the Chargers run defense has been the last two seasons. It's hard to sit here and think that you want to bring in somebody who can't get off a block uh, to be able to hit the ball here. And then when he does get off the block, he can't tackle in space, which is a really, really big problem as well. And Too I many think, missed tackles in yeah, space. Yeah, a lot a of missed tackles. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A lot of missed tackles in space. I'm not saying he can't tackle in space, but it seems like when he's in those situations, he just gets moved out of the way way too easily. He is too small to play that linebacker position to be you know a guy that's going to be able to run up and and knock you know knock your head off he's just not that type of player he doesn't have that type of weight in his frame i feel like this is a guy who needs to put on at least 10 to 15 pounds if he wants to really you know have a good chance of making a real impact as a linebacker at the next level as a pure linebacker right i mean i think you'd like you'd have to have kind of a very specific role. Like if you want somebody yeah. to play kind of an Adrian Phillips type of a role, who's a better tackler than most DBs, you know, but isn't as good as most linebackers, but can cover more space. Yeah. I could see why, you know, teams would be looking for that type of hybrid player. Yeah. And I do think, you know, as far as this guy goes specifically, it's the flash, but also with the flash comes kind of the recklessness that we talked about a little bit in the last segment, right? Where it's yeah. just, he shoots a lot of plays and that can, but it's like either really, really good or really bad. Really right? bad. Totally yeah. whiffing on a tackle or making, you know, a five yard loss. And that's just something that's really hard. I think who you're with matters too. I mean, if you're sure. talking about potentially pairing him up with Denzel Perryman, right. Or someone like that, who's a glass eater type of yeah. player. Yeah. Maybe that makes more sense for you too. If you you feel like you're kind of a coverage linebacker away, but yeah. the other part of it is David, I mean, he had zero interceptions in his time at Clemson. Yeah. So it's like, even with, I think, pretty good instincts in the passing game, right? I, I mean, I, you see him get in throwing lanes. You see him kind of have a good knowledge of where routes are going to go and kind of have good anticipation of where some throws are going to go. I think those yeah. are all pluses for him. But at the same time, like, there's not a lot of ball production where it's like you feel like this dude's going to, you know, have that kind of, you know, Fred Warner type of coverage ability or like a Dre Greenlaw to where they're making consistent plays in the passing game. Yeah, I mean, you can't sit here and, and say Trenton Simpson brings the coverage ability. You know, that's something he can, you know, really put his, you know, hang his hat on and say, hey, I'm a great coverage linebacker. He can't sit here and say, hey, I'm a great, uh, a great run stopper as a linebacker. So right. his calling card is really his athleticism and his speed and yeah. the way that the Chargers defense is set up right now and it's constructed. He's not really someone that I feel like if you bring into the fold is going to make your defense better, more athletic. Yeah, definitely make it more athletic, better. I don't, I don't see it. And like I said, everyone has kind of a value, right? I wouldn't touch it with the, the 21st overall pick because I just don't I, – I think you need instant contributors. And if, if this is someone that's going to turn into a well-rounded kind of linebacker in time, that's something that's going to take time. Yes. And I just don't think the Chargers have the luxury of being able to 
deal with the growing pains at that position right there to to yeah. wait for him to get there, especially with their first round pick, especially being hamstrung by the salary cap and really, really needing to hit home runs, especially with these early picks and get guys who can contribute right now in yeah. 2023. And they just, yep. you know, and like it's kind of like also learn from your mistakes a little bit with JT Woods, right? And JT Woods, yeah. we'll talk about more. And there's, you know, more, yeah, of, that story, more of that story to be written. But right. at the same time, I think they got carried away with the traits. Like, I think Trenton Simpson's a guy that's going to really light up a combine. And yes. I think is you know, the size speed stuff is going to blow some people away. But the Chargers also don't have the type of luxury of being able to get guys who miss tackles sometimes to afford them the big plays. They gave up way too many big plays already. They had way That's too right. many missed tackles on the perimeter. They need to be finding guys who are as solid of tacklers as you can find because they, the tackling needs to get much better for the Chargers. It cannot afford to get any worse than it was in 2022. And it was pretty bad. But, you know, what if some of those guys get better for the Chargers? I mean, then these needs seem like they're a lot less, right? If JT Woods can come back and know how to tackle in 2023, right? If Isaiah Spiller can actually step up and have a role for the Chargers and be that kind of guy to help take some of that load from Austin Eckler, those are things that could really change the complexion of the Chargers offseason. And that's something I want to talk about tomorrow is just some guys who, if they are able to make a leap from year one to year two or whatever their situation is in this 2023 offseason, the Chargers could be feeling much better about those position groups. We're going to get into some of those guys who could totally kind of change the story for the Chargers going into 2023 tomorrow. But to make sure you don't miss it, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. We will be getting into some fan questions this week at some point as well. If you guys want to get in on that, you can hit us up on our social media, and we also post the show every day to all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD. You can also find the show's page at LockdownLAC, where I'm sure we'll put a questions post out. If you guys want to tell us who you want us to break down as far as first-round picks for the Chargers, put it in the YouTube comments. You can put it in a you know Apple Podcast review or wherever you give a review, wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us five stars. Give us somebody... We'll try to break them down. That's something we can do as well. Or you can call into the voicemail line and tell us who you like, right? In that and call into 323-524-7924 and give us a 30-second voicemail about a question about the Chargers, and we'll probably get to it on the show. But that's going to do it for us today. Tomorrow, make sure you're back here for the guys that could make a leap in 2023 and really change how we look at those position groups. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.